It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Coming up on today's Locked On Angels, we're continuing our look around the state of the Angels minor league system by going up to double A. We're talking Rocket City Trash Pandas Ball with Josh Carey. That's all right now on Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day every single day, especially here in the offseason. You guys are awesome. I'm Steve Granado, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Granado, G-R-A-N-A-D-O. And of course, our Locked On account is at Locked On Angels. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Of course, as I mentioned here just a second ago, we are talking in minor league ball. If you've missed it, we have had a full slate of conversations with every broadcaster at the minor league level in the Angels Angels system. We talked with Steve Went. We talked with Chris King. We're talking to Josh Carey today, and tomorrow we'll talk with Steve Klauke. Again, we have all of them here. It will be linked in the episode description here on YouTube. Of course, if you are on our audio side, you could just scroll back a couple episodes. Every single minor league broadcaster in the Angels system is getting talked to this week, so we are checking in on all the prospects. Everything that you need to know is all right here, so we're going to talk double A ball this year. And this is where our conversation started shifting a little bit more into the favor of, okay, who's going to be up in the majors here quickly, right? We're talking double A ball, second to highest level of minor league baseball. So these are some of the guys that are names that are going to be coming at you. So we had plenty of that good conversation to talk about with Josh Carey today. He's with the Trash Pandas, been the broadcaster this past season. The first year of Trash Pandas ball was in 2021. So very excited to hear about how that all went. And uh, if you've been to a minor league ball game out there to Rocket City, if anywhere else, please let me know in the comments down below here on YouTube. And of course, you can send me a tweet at Locked on Angels. Um, before we get to this conversation, don't forget about my merch, 2-7 merch available now. I got it right here. We got the 2-7 logo right here. The uh, Just the Halo logo, of course. Uh, the MLB uh, Shohei Otani logo is available as well. We got all that good stuff available for purchase over on Redbubble. Like everything else, it is linked below. Okay, let's go ahead and get to our chat right now. We are talking Double A Trash Pandas Baseball. Let's find out what's going on in Double A Ball with Josh Carey. Josh, I know it had to have been exciting this season. Brand new team, essentially, and getting to welcome fans to the ballpark. How did it go at Rocket City this year? 
Well, it was great. Uh, obviously, uh, we were supposed we were slated to go in 2020. That was supposed to be the inaugural year, and then everything happened. And so, uh, having to put that on hold for an extra year was not, uh, ex- of course, what we wanted. But uh, if anything else, that heightened the excitement. And uh, uh, overall, we couldn't have been happier. We led AA in attendance. And, um, you know, the fans uh, in North Alabama really showed why we need baseball in this part of the country. So overall, we were very happy about it. And we had a pretty good product as well. Well, clearly you get a brand new facility, you know, state of the art from the start, essentially. So that's that's always a, a real nice added bonus. And, and, you know, given given the dynamic of minor league baseball and, and, and cutting 42 and all that kind of stuff. So to be able to have uh, a, a facility that's brand new, I got to imagine that played really well for for development. Did you notice some of the players taking note of that? Well, I think first the players were just happy to be back Uh, when you're a minor league player and you don't have a season the year before to develop. uh, That's always going to be a problem. So just being back was a big deal. But, you know, for a lot of the guys who were in the angel system, maybe in 2019, uh, having to go to Mobile, which frankly did not have the facility that we have. uh, And then comparing that to what we have here in, uh, in Madison right now, it's like night and day. And uh, these are the types of types of facilities that uh, farm directors and general managers are looking for for their kids. And so we're very happy to provide that. And I I know the players enjoy it, too, because, you know, it's a grind. Uh, Baseball season is a grind for an athlete and to be able to have certain comforts and certain amenities that maybe other ballparks don't have really plays uh, plays in nicely when uh, you come home. And for, you know, we, we've been talking with all the minor league broadcasters. We've already spoken with Steve Went and, uh, and Chris King. And, um, you know, we, we've kind of asked, we've weirdly talked about this all, but pandemic-wise, what, what was it like for, uh, how, how did it play on the field? Because, you know, at least at the low levels, it definitely seemed like it had a massive difference, especially guys that are maybe fresh out of high school or maybe even lost their senior years, things like that. So did you notice a difference at the AA level as far as, like, competition-wise? Yeah, at the very beginning of the year, you did. I mean, you could tell, especially the hitters were were really off. Um, they just weren't picking up on the pitches as well as they maybe have in the past. A lot of strikeouts early on. And I know baseball is like that now. A lot of strikeouts, a lot of home runs. But it just seemed to be a little more pronounced because guys hadn't played in over a year. Uh, and so you had to be a little more patient and understand that, you know, it's going to take guys a little more a little more time to find their timing. Uh, the guys coming out of college, quite frankly, they were probably a little more prepared because they at least had a little bit of a college season in 2020. The guys who had been in minor league baseball for the last four or five years or three or four years and didn't get to have a minor league season and barely got to spring training, those were the ones who really struggled in the early going. But I would say around the 1st of June, you could see guys start to really kick back in and, you know, body memory, sense memory really started to take over. And they uh, they got back to normal. I remember they also had a much shorter spring training uh, than they usually have. So I would say around the 1st of June is when guys really got back uh, into their groove. I definitely know that strikeout totals were high across minor league baseball this year. And I know in the beginning, I mean, there was some in, in Inland Empire that they were setting records, you know, just game wise, yeah. we're, we're hitting the twenties. Um, so it's just kind of ridiculous with some of the strikeout totals that, that cooled off uh, for sure. Um, let's, let's kind of stick right there with pitching. Obviously you are now in the, in the angels organization and you know, very well, the state of angels pitching. We've been talking about it with the other guys. So uh, I, I know that some of the guys that you got to see this year, 
fast track all the way to the bigs and, you know, quickly in AAA and quickly in the majors. Um, so what were some of the highlights this season for Rocket City that uh, pitching wise? Well, I mean, it starts with Reed Detmers. Uh, I, I think we all expected him to move pretty quickly. I didn't expect him really to get to the majors in year one, but uh, I think he exceeded, I, I think, even the most optimistic of expectations in that he caught on to things so quickly. Um, he handled himself, and it wasn't just what he did on the field, it's the way he handled himself off the field as well. Very mature for his age, and I, I think that's a reason why, one of the reasons why he was pushed along so quickly. Um, not afraid to go after guys, willing to pitch up in the zone. Yeah, he got hit hard a couple of times, but what was so impressive is when he did get hit hard, he would come right back uh, four or five days later and go right at him again. Um, you know, the strikeout totals were up there, and he was easily the most dominant pitcher that Rocket City had. But, you know, you would see him, and then out of the starting rotation, you saw some other guys kind of kind of run in there that maybe you didn't anticipate uh, performing the way they did. Guys like Cooper Criswell and uh, Kyle Tyler uh, immediately come to mind. Um, you know, out of the bullpen, there were uh, several guys who were pretty solid for most of the season. Um, Keith Rogala uh, immediately jumps to mind uh, toward the end of the season. We had a few guys who were called up as well um, who did a very good job. So overall, it was just a, I, I felt a solid season. There were some ups and downs, as you can imagine. A lot of the guys who were called up from single to double A middle of the season. They struggled early on, but then they caught on quickly. But um, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid season for the pitchers, especially when you consider there was no 2020 season. More with Josh Carey in just a second. Wanted to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Green Room, which is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's a really cool app. You should check it out. It's free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite teams and sports. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about baseball or anything else, which is really cool that this thing exists because it's kind of like an old-timey talk radio style. That's what it feels like when you're using it. And of course, you can be a part of the show, which is such a cool twist on it. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently unavailable on iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates, especially as you get into big CBA negotiations. This is going to be a big thing that you guys can be a part of. And know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. We spoke with Davis Daniel uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago here on the show, and you know he seems to be a guy that's you know I mean a, an SEC kid, so you know that's some serious competition. Um, what, what did you see out of Davis Daniel this year? Yeah, Davis was a, one of those guys who came up middle of the season, and I remember his first outing uh, was at Tennessee, and uh, wasn't great, but he caught on quickly, and uh, I think what's uh, impressive is he doesn't have an overpowering fastball and he knows it, but he knows how to mix his pitches very well. Um, strong slider, pretty good changeup, decent curveball as well. And so he's got a nice array of pitches 
good command of the strike zone. And um, it's it's refreshing to see because you're so used to guys throwing 98, 99 now. It's nice to see a guy who doesn't have that overpowering fastball have a good repertoire of pitches that can complement what he already has. So um, I was really impressed by what he wound up doing. He wound up being becoming one of our better starting pitchers for the six or eight weeks that he was with us. But um, he, he's a good one, and he I think uh, Angel fans should expect to see him sometime next season. And for a guy, you know, you mentioned they're not 97, 98 or, you know, triple digits or anything like that, low 90s. Did you notice that, you know, as you mentioned, that's becoming the norm, right? Upper 90s is becoming the norm now. Did you notice that hitters were having a hard time catching up or, or waiting back, I guess, is probably the better way to put it? Yeah, I think they just it wasn't really one or the other. I think they just had a hard time picking him up because he's so deceptive. Um, you look at a guy like Davis and he's not an overpowering figure. Um, and so he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but like I said, it's deceptive. And so even though it's not 98, 99, it's still 92, 93, maybe touching 94. And so you're expecting maybe something a little slower, (laughs) maybe something high eighties, and then it gets on you quickly enough. So it's just finding the right sweet spot. If you're an opposing hitter, being able to settle in there and really read this guy well, um, he did at times have trouble with command. That's not really a surprise, but when you are a guy who has to rely on something other than a fastball struggling with command, especially at the double a level is no surprise, but you can tell with hitters, you didn't know really how to measure him up because he's just so deceptive with his delivery and what comes out of his hand. Let's talk about double a a little bit. Uh, You know, I have the benefit personally of being here on the West coast. So I've, you know, done a little minor league ball out here and, and have, Seen a lot of minor league ball here, so I know how it plays, especially in the out, in the former California League, uh, the former Northwest League. Um, we get to see some of that baseball out here, so a lot of Angel fans don't necessarily get to hop out to the Double A ranks all the way out where you are. Um, so, so what is competition level at that point? You know, obviously this is when guys are starting to get a little more serious, and uh, you know, and we've seen guys get called up from Double A before. So, what is it competition out in your league this season? Yeah, I mean, I think it would depend on who you would ask. I've always seen AA as kind of where you start to really separate the prospects from everyone else. I've always seen high A and lower as kind of really the developmental leagues. And I mean, that's where you bring guys in and you really teach them how to be professional ball players. There's a little bit of micromanaging at those levels because the guys are so young and you really got to hold their hand and, you know, tell them, hey, this is what you do and this is when you do it. When you get to double A, you're dealing with guys who are in their early, mid 20s, some are even in their later 20s. And these are grown men and they know what they have to do. You don't have to hold their hand anymore. And because they're older and more experienced, they know what they're doing. You're facing the higher end competition. And so if you can achieve this level, you are seriously at that point a a bona fide prospect. Triple-A I've always seen as more of a holding pin. I mean, though everyone at Triple-A can play at the major league level. Those guys are just being kept in reserve in case there's an injury or something happens. Double-A, I would say about 90% of the guys can play major league baseball. It's just they need a little more fine-tuning, a little more seasoning before that you can send them out there. Uh, but that's really the level where you're going to separate the men from the boys. And um, it's high-end competition. I don't think it was as good this year as maybe we will see in the future. But again, I think the pandemic played a lot to that. Um, but yeah, people, you know, people think double A ball and they might roll their eyes, especially if they're used to the majors. 
you get to double A, you're a pretty darn good ball player. And so this is where you start to see uh, what guys are really made of. You mentioned triple A being a, a holding pattern there. Um, and, and maybe not necessarily this season, uh, because it seemed like the gate was open there for the Angels, especially at the end of the year. Guys were just mm-hmm. moving and flying yeah. off the shelves, right? Like they're on sale. Had, had you seen any? I know you've been in minor league baseball for a while. Have you had seen an organization move guys as fast as the Angels did, especially at the end of the year? No, I didn't. And I was surprised. Um, I get it, but I was still surprised. Usually, if you have a roster, and I know we had 28 man rosters this year, but if you have a roster of typically 25, you're going to see maybe four or five of those guys reach the majors. And out of those four or five, maybe two or three will have careers, like considerable careers there. Um, but I get it because when the draft came along and they all they drafted was pitchers, it's time to start moving these pitchers along. And all the guys who got moved up were pitchers. And, you know, if you're out of the pennant race, which the Angels were, you kind of want to see what you have. I mean, what do you have in your arsenal? What do you have in your uh, farm system? So let's go ahead, move these guys on up, see what they're made of. See if the if these guys have what it takes to be major league pitchers in games that really don't mean a whole lot to us in the short term, but could spell something for us down the road. Like, is Cooper Criswell really going to be a major league pitcher? Is, uh, is um, Jonathan Diaz going to be a major league pitcher long term? We don't know these things until we get these guys into an Angels uniform and put them out there against the Rangers and the A's and the Astros, et cetera, et cetera. So I get it, um, but I was surprised to see it. But, you know, it certainly was unique to see. We are talking about this with Chris King yesterday, and uh, the one thing that is kind of lost, you know, major league fans around baseball is like, oh, cool, new prospects coming, awesome, awesome. Uh, but one thing that you kind of forget is if that guy's going up, that means – some team just lost their best player. So (laughs) did that play to you guys as well? Were you losing some of your best players this year quickly? Oh yeah. It it got frustrating toward the end. Um, With two weeks to go, Rocket City was tied for first. And uh, I think the last, I think that day, the day we went into a tie, we lost, I want to say two or three of our top pitchers. It was something (laughs) like that. Um, but you want, you know, that's always a possibility. Yeah. I mean, we, we get it. We are development comes before competition at the major league, at the minor league level. So we understand that, but selfishly, <laughs> we sure, self, you want to win, especially when you're in your first year at, at a minor league organization, you want to win and uh, show the fans that, Hey, we're competing for titles here. Um, but you understood it. Um, and then you looked at the other minor league teams. Some some of the guys didn't even get called up to the Angels. Some of the guys got moved up to AAA. You know, the Bees didn't have a great year. Uh, I know uh, Tri-City didn't have a great year either. And so we're the one minor league team that's going after a title. I, I would have liked to have seen a couple of guys get kept here at AA so they could pitch in a competitive championship environment. But again, uh, I'm not the one who's looking at the budget, and I'm not the one who's looking at the timeline for these guys. So... I understood it, but selfishly, I wanted some of those guys to stay here. Coming up next, we are wrapping up our conversation with Josh Carey. But before that, I wanted to talk about holidays. They're coming up. Oh, my gosh, they're already coming up. And I love Thanksgiving. Tons of good food, treats, the pumpkin pie, all that stuff. But maybe you're like me and you're trying to shy away from it and you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't full of calories. And you know me, I'm cutting my sugar. Sugar. 
I'm trying to cut back on that sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Because think about it this way. One slice of pie, and I hate to break this to you, has 300 calories. It's like 300 calories for a single slice of pie. and You're not even putting whipped cream on it just yet. And there's it can go up from there, right? Most Built Bars are only 130 cra- uh, calories and 4 grams of sugar. And they got plenty of protein, which is good for you. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. There's tons of great flavors. You will find one that you like. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. And of course, they are covered in a 100% real chocolate. You need that chocolate fix as we move into the holiday season. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go fill a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things a lot less awkward if they haven't tried Built Bar yet. This is where you get your family in on the fun. New surprises all month. There's limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so you got to go check them out right now and throughout the holidays. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be here soon, so be ready because they're going to have some deals as well. I already have a deal for you right now. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. It's not just Built Bar. We are also brought to you by Bet Online. If you're looking to make some bets, especially on the Rams this year, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface and all the good stuff over on uh, uh, bet online for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for basketball and football this season. Again, ride with the Rams this year. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on and you get that 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, postseason baseball, NHL boxing, and UFC, even Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. For for all the flack that the Rays get for their business model, essentially, um, they competed ridiculously well at the minor league level this year. Do you think that has a play? I know the Dodgers do that as well. They make it a, a, a point of contention for their minor league teams to really compete and given you know obviously there's changes in the angels front office with perry manazian and and, you know scouting director moves and all this kind of stuff so do you think that the angels are putting a focus on that or are they more just developmental i think they will um in fair in fairness to perry he just got there and so he's still got to get his guys in there um, so a little, it's a little something about me. Before I got to Rocket City, I was up in Hudson Valley, New York, for what was then the New York Pin League, Hudson Valley Renegades, which were a Rays affiliate at the time. So I was there for four seasons, and I got to see how the Rays did things up close and personal. There is something to be said that if you're going to prepare for winning at the major league level, you got to win at the minor league level. Um, before I was at Hudson Valley, I was uh, with the Rome with the Rome Braves in the South Atlantic League in 2007 and 2008. Both years I was there, the Augusta Green Jackets, who were um, a Oof, San Francisco, feels- yeah, they were a San Francisco Giants affiliate. They won the title both seasons. Well, that led the way for the Giants winning in 2010, 2012, and 2014 the World Series. Winning at the minor league level leads to winning at the major league level, I believe. 
And so I do think that the Angels want to do that. They just don't have the talent there yet, at least not yet. And I think they are working towards that. But again, you look at what Billy Epler did. Billy Epler took over pretty much a a bare cupboard, right? And he made some nice moves and he pushed things forward, but he only took it so far. And now it's up to Perry to try to take it to that next level. And it's going to be a couple of years, but uh, I think they are moving in that right direction. It's just not there yet. Remember, we went to Augusta when I was in the South Atlantic League with the uh, now whatever their name is, the the West Virginia Power. And I remember we got rained out three straight days. <laughs> we, we drove all the way out there. They got rained out three straight days. Never changed my game notes. Um, <laughs> moving forward, man, uh, let, let's talk position player wise. Now, I know we talk a lot of pitching on here. I know that's what Angels fans clearly want to hear. Um, but there are holes uh, Angels wise right now. Uh, there's potentially some holes in the outfield if, if uh, Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele can't fill those spots. Um, obviously, there might be a middle infield hole here with no shortstop right now, aside from Luis Renjifo. Is there anything close as far as the Angels prospects are to filling those positions right now? Yeah. Uh, when I said uh, they're, they're trying to get their people in here, uh, th- that's what I'm talking about. Um, when when I talk about the prospects that I saw this season uh, for Rocket City, I would say about 95, 98 percent came from the pitching ranks. Um, That's good. Most, yeah. Most of the everyday players came from other organizations, guys who are on their second, third, fourth organization, good players, veteran players, but guys who really haven't been able to separate themselves from the pack and become major league uh, contenders. Um, you know, I would say right now, the best everyday player I saw by far was David McKinnon, uh, who's a first baseman. And David is a very good player. He's also 26 years old. He was also a 32nd round pick. There was no one who really stood out to me who I would say, hey, that guy has a shot. Um, we saw Brendan Davis for a little while um, before he got moved up to AAA Salt Lake, third baseman, played a little short, a little second as well. But he's on his third organization. Um, and again, he was only here six weeks. So I don't know what his uh, ceiling is. You had a lot of guys. We had a guy named Mitch Ney, who was a, a, a double-A South All-Star, former, former first-round pick of the Toronto Blue Jays, very good double-A, triple-A baseball player, has never really been able, though, to establish himself as a major league prospect. So those were a lot of the top of, type of guys we had. We just didn't have a lot of folks who I could look at and say, that guy will be playing in the show one day. Yeah, and I, I've noticed, too, in my time in the minors, just going – Man, don't think of anything. Uh, and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, you're like, wait, he's their starting catcher? I didn't even like think about that guy when I saw him. Guy that comes yeah. to mind was Isaiah Kiner Falefa. That was a guy that I had saw in in uh, short season ball and didn't think anything of it other than this is an interesting name. And then a couple of years later, it's like, oh, he's starting in Texas. Okay, sure. Um, so that sometimes happens too. Um sure. and and with those kinds of guys, I, uh, that'll that'll be how we wrap up this conversation here with you. Um, guys under the radar, you know, guys that, you know, you know, your junks of the world, your Daniels of the world. Was there any under the radar guys that you I know you kind of just said that uh, there wasn't anyone that really jumped out. But was there anybody that kind of you didn't think anything of heading into the season or when they got there? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you had a couple good games and a few mm-hmm. a good little stretch here. Yeah, uh, Orlando Martinez really jumped out to me. But towards the end, uh, Orlando is an interesting ball player because he's rated as one of the top prospects in the Angels organization. But boy, he he was so streaky. And he was right around that 240, 245 mark 
most of the season and you would you would kind of forget about him. I mean, I would watch the team every day and I would forget about him. And then suddenly, in I would say early mid-August, he just took off for the rest of the season. Last month, he was fantastic. And he's a guy who maybe could get there, but he's just got to get more consistent. Um, and then you would see other veterans, guys who were on their second and third organization, who at moments showed you why they are such talented players. Guys like Ray Patrick Ditter um, and then... Um, uh, golly, uh, losing it for just a second. Um, Torrey Hunter Jr., Izzy Wilson. I mean, these were two guys who, you know, again, the numbers don't pop out at you, but they would show flashes of why they were so good and why they were so popular. Um, so they would have, those are the guys who would have to have a lot of things come together and they would need to be given a couple of breaks in order to hit, get into the major leagues. They have talent, but they need to have some things fall their way as well. I just, I, it's just hard to see right now with some of the position players. Yeah, makes total sense. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you stepping out and, and uh, giving us some time here. Uh, if you want to plug your Twitter account or anything like that, uh, now would be the time. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Big Papa Panda. I'm also on Facebook. And uh, also follow the Trash Pandas. We're at Trash Pandas on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn as well, if you want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, right. well, the head on out to the ballpark. Uh, obviously, brand new facility. So if you're out in that way, and a lot of Angels fans are out this way who, who listen to the show, but I, we have a pretty wide reach, and we also get all the way to the UK sometimes. So um, glad you're with us, man, and, and happy to have the Trash Pandas as part of the Angels family, and, and I appreciate you joining us here today. All right, Steve. Thank you. All right, I want to send my special thanks one more time out to Josh Carey. Make sure to follow him. His linked below and, of course, in the show notes on our audio side. Man, great conversation. Really love that conversation. Uh, first time I'd ever talked to him. So gracious to, gracious to have him on the show. Um, and it was a lot of fun to, to talk some double-A ball and, and really get into the nitty-gritty there and be like, all right, what, what can the Angels fans expect moving forward? So if you need a guy to follow, to follow double-A baseball, go hit up Josh Carey. He's got your stuff over there on Twitter. Again, I'll leave it in the episode description. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we do have Steve Clowkey of the Salt Lake Bees, which is very exciting to wrap up our minor league week on Thursday. Of course, if you have missed any of the episodes here on YouTube, they are all in a playlist ready for you to check them all out. That's what, like two hours worth of minor league content. What more could you want right here on Locked On Angels? You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Steve Granado, G-R-A-N-A-D-O, and of course, at Locked On Angels. Send a comment down below and tell us how much you're liking Minor League Week and what uh, you want out of the show. Of course, we're always taking fan feedback, and especially through our voicemail line, 714-409-6396. That's 714-409-6396. It's linked, uh, or it's just put in the description. Save it in your phone. If you're listening to this on your phone, if you're watching this on your phone, just copy and paste it man copy and paste it save it save it as locked on angels and anytime you think of anything you can give me a call that voicemail line is open 24 7 365 don't forget to check out my merch the Shohei Otani MLB logo is available now for you Shohei fans check it out got plenty of good stuff over there again we got the 27 logo put it on a shirt put it on a jacket put it on whatever you want it's all there, ready for you on Redbubble. Go check it out. It's also linked. I got other podcasts. If you're interested in that, you can hit up my other podcasts. There's my dog in the background. If you just saw him on YouTube. Um, 
Our game is the two. It's an eight-part docu series. You can check out all about the history of baseball on the Latin side in American baseball. We asked the question, "Who is the Latino Jackie Robinson?" and found out that the answer is way more complicated. Um, you can also check out my movie podcast that has nothing to do with baseball, but is a whole bunch of fun called "Movies I Should Have Watched." We also sometimes have baseball broadcasters on there. Um, so. Sometimes we get a little bit of baseball talk, weirdly enough, but it's movies I should have watched. My best friend Alex and I are reviewing a bunch of old movies that we missed over the years. But stick it right here, Locked on Angels, man. I know you guys love this show. You guys are awesome. Everyone's been so welcoming, and and this show is becoming one of the bigger ones on the Locked on Podcast Network, and it's super awesome to see. There is more on Locked on Podcasts, of course. For your second listen after this one, check out Locked Out. Locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, who's bringing you his unique perspective on the Major League's past and present, especially as we head here into the offseason. Check it out. It's free and available on all platforms. That's Locked on MLB. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here in today's Locked on Angels. Again, don't forget tomorrow, Steve Klauke. All of them are linked. You guys, you can find them all. They're always available. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. And for all of you folks on YouTube, thanks for checking us out. And hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button and let me know how you're feeling about the state of the Angels farm system. I want to hear what you have to say. All right. We wrap up minor league week tomorrow. And, of course, we have more shows all coming every day, five days a week, all throughout this offseason here for a while, as a matter of fact. We got five episodes a week. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Steve Klauke and the Bees. Later. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.